What's going on, everybody? This is the Cutting Through Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and entertainers cut through the noise and, more importantly, cut through the bullshit that they see online. My name is Elliot Towsley, and I am your host. Today's episode features a guest that I have had the pleasure of actually working with when it comes to his music. You might know him from the show Empire, but I am excited today for my guest, Mario Cannon. I wanted to start off today by saying that I, you and I started uh, working together in, at DeNovo Agency. I went back and looked. Uh, we started in April of 2020. We did a handful of campaigns. I think we ended, five, did five or six different campaigns. But yeah. I remember when you came to us, you might have had 40 or 50,000 followers at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to check today and you have like just under 800,000. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> congratulations on all the uh, growth you've had since I first crossed your path. But you are doing a lot of cool things that I think artists would love to learn about. You're an actor. You're a businessman. You're a, a fitness and aficionado and you're a musical artist um so i'm excited to talk about all the different successes you had um i did have a personal request today to ask with your experience on empire do you know 50 cent <laughs> um well 50 cent he he didn't have anything to really do with empire i don't think he, oh he's I'm power. Th- that's power of course so but oh wow crazy thing is about that is i actually did meet 50 cent um, and I've actually auditioned a lot for power and I've, um, I've, I've, I've come real close to actually being on that show, but yeah, I met 50 cent. I actually opened up for 50 cent in Chicago. That's cool. And I know you're from Illinois. So yeah. what was that like? Like you must've grew up listening to 50. He yeah. was a, a huge part of hip hop when I was growing up. Yeah. So like, what was that like? Like opening and performing with someone who was like a legend when you were a teenager i mean honestly man just it, it was incredible man and the experiences you don't experience it till you experience it right it's one thing to watch it on youtube but when you're in these people's presence you you you'll understand why they're in the position they're at um they, they give off an aura you can just tell that they work so hard and um, i think that just experiencing it alone, just being there was incredible. But got, I got to shake his hand and say, what's up to him? You know, it was cool as shit, man. Right. It was, it was personable. It was dope. It, what's the biggest, what was like the first moment that you had where, because I think for so long you're in like hip hop or, or any genre, you're first like a fan. When, what, when did these folks start to feel more like peers rather than just like the artists you used to look up to or or is it still kind of a mix of both it's a mix of both still um i'm still a fan man um because i love the art and a lot of times when i record music i just record it for myself i don't really care if it's like trendy or whatever i just do what i what i feel what i, I like music but i'm yeah i'm i'm still a fan but what i say when i did become a kind of a peer was when i went on tour with twista and people started to know me by my first name. They already knew me. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, sh- oh, shoot. Like, shit, man, I'm a peer. Like, they, you know me? Like, right. when, when, you know, when, when, when Ludacris or when E-40 was like, oh, what's up, little Mario? Man, I already know about you, man. You, you do your thing. I was like, yeah. You know, it, it was kind of like surreal. So it was cool. That is surreal. Like, yeah. 
to have Ludacris know you on a, on a first name basis is man. Ludacris E forty E forty knew who I was, bro. It was like, and this is my first time meeting E forty. You know, too short. Everybody, man. You know, this is crazy. That is crazy, and I think. So, w- what year did you graduate high school? Man, I graduated high school a long time ago, bro. I'm old school, man. Back in the uh, 2000s. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I was I was 2010. 2010. Okay. You, yeah. Yeah. That was like when Ludacris. I think it was like a year after Ludacris did Theater of the Mind, where he did that record with Lil Wayne, and oh, what else was on that album? That album was awesome. I used to bump that all the time going to high school, and if. Ludacris was like, oh, what's up, Elliot? <laughs> that would be Yo, a really surreal moment. Ludacris is from Illinois. And okay. And he, he grew up there and then he went to Atlanta. Yeah, he got comes, his sound he, and we have ah. we have mutual con we have we have mutual relationships. It's crazy how connected me and him were. When I was on this trailer, we talked about some things and we had some people we were connected to. And it was just crazy how close we were, um, just in our relationships with different people, with him being from Champaign, you know. So, yeah. Speaking of that, like how much now that you've made so many different moves in in different industries, a lot obviously a lot of that is because you're super talented, but I'm wondering what percentage would you give to like your skill of networking, of like being able to one get in the room with somebody like Ludacris, but then like strike it up and like have that conversation where he knew you because you, you know, were working with somebody. Like, how much of that, like, skill of networking would you say is is part of, or is partly responsible for where you're at now? I want to say like ninety percent, right? So, like, um, and when I say when you say networking, I'll, I'll tie it in with business, having your business in order and your presentation. Uh, that's ninety percent, man. Um, being being able to hold a conversation is, and be able to be likable and personable. Be able to be yourself, man, and 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 learning the ropes, learning when to not to fan out, how to stay calm, how to stay poised. It's all a major part of the the game. But yeah, I say ninety percent, man. It's all about your networking. Yeah, that that's pretty crazy. I think I think in in, in a way that's a pretty humble answer because I think a lot of musicians or in, in any sort of business would be like, no, I'm, it's my own skill. I'm very much responsible. It's my own talent, but it's like, that is very much part of it. But like, if you can't play that game, regardless of if you're an actor, a, a business owner, a musician, there is an element of a game being played where you need to bring value to someone else in order to get value in return. I think a lot of folks misunderstand networking for like saying, ha, Hey, I'm Elliot. See you later. Like that's not networking. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So that's really interesting. I think, um, folks can definitely learn from, especially from like your perspective of the networking is 90% of the game perhaps. And, and honestly, man, what you have to understand as an artist is nobody owes you anything. Um, so either, you know, nobody owes you anything. So either you're worth some or you're worthless, but you gotta be worth it or you're worthless. Like you're, you're wasting time. So make sure that you, like you said, you have to bring value. Like why should these people who are already in position, they're already in their spots. Why should they even, you know, give you anything? Like, well, how can you help increase their business? How can you bring, add value to their business? Yes. That's what it's about. 
And I think you had a key, you mentioned a key ingredient. Do people like working with you? Um, unless you are the top 1% of your field, if you're an asshole, people are, are not going to work with you. I think like a great example, even to a degree could be like somebody like Kyrie Irving is so talented, but there's a point where if he's just not getting along with people and he's hard to deal with, they're, they're kind of done with him. Even if he's the best point guard in the league, even if you're one of the best musicians out there, if people don't enjoy working with you, whether it's a record label exec or it's a producer, an audio engineer, other artists, that eventually is going to compound and you're going to kind of be like on an island with your ego and that's it. Yeah. I mean, you just want, it's hard that you want good people now. Um, if you're coachable, man, we can build, we can create the talent that, you know, you might be lacking in some areas, but when you can't teach, you can't teach, you know, uh, character and you, if mm. your character is flawed, man, then, you know, by all means, man, you know, I pray that, you know, you try to improve on that, but it's something that, you know, that's very important that you can't teach, man. And you gotta have, you gotta have character. You know? I agree. And it reminds me of that saying, uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And it's a similar yeah. kind of thing where like, yeah, you, you got, you, you can be skilled, but like, you know, Larry Bird could beat Isaiah Thomas, maybe not because he was more talented, but maybe he worked harder. Who knows? Something like that. Maybe not the best example, but uh, um, one of the songs I wanted to ask you about, because it, it struck a chord with me yesterday when I was listening to it. Um, it's, it's called Rich in Pain. Yeah. And it came out last year, and it seemed like a lot of the songs that I listened to yesterday and today, like were a, you were telling some sort of story or had like some sort of moral or message behind it where it wasn't all just like braggadocious. Yeah. Um, but this song in particular kind of struck a chord with me. And I was wondering if, if you don't mind, could we talk just a little bit about like what your writing process was for that song? Cause it seemed to, to be a slightly different tone than some of the other songs. And I, I'm wondering what got you to that spot to make that song. Um, rich in pain um, is exactly what it sounds like. I'm, I'm rich in pain. Um, I smile a lot. And, you know, my presentation is great on social media, but I carry a lot of pain, um, carry a lot of baggage from being where I'm from. And uh, I lost a lot of people I love. And I was dealing with a lot at that time in the industry because I had so many people quote unquote in my corner. So when you know, when you start to when you, when you start to reach different levels, you got new devils, new levels are new devils. And the devils mm -hmm. come they come disguised as friends, um, supporters, uh, people who pretend like they care. And they're all it's all transactional. And when you realize these relationships are transactional, you'll get a rich in pain. Right. Yeah. And so, so I had to, I just put it all on the song, man. The tone was different. The flows were different because I, I love uh, drill beats, but I, I love drill beats, um, the UK and um, New York drill beats because I want to give them a different energy on those type of beats and not be violent, but actually just have real substance. So that's what Richard Payne was about, man. It was about, you know, me carrying weight while dealing with fake love and still being able to create. Right. And yeah. uh, everybody loves you. Right. 
the minute you say no to something, that's when they judge you. That's when they. That's when all the truth comes out. Tell tell somebody no, and they'll tell you their true feelings about you. You know. You you get all the ingredients there for for like a pretty vicious cocktail. Yeah. And it, it, it's interesting because we were just talking about networking and how like a lot of that is well, hey, I have you have some sort of value. You can bring me some sort of value. Networking in and of itself is somewhat transactional, if not immediately. Maybe in the future, we can each get some value together. We should know each other. And the flip side of that is as soon as the perceived value that you offer isn't of value to them anymore, next, like on to the next one. And does that stop like do you now have like your walls up where like even if someone does have just your genuine interest and they just want to be a friend like is is it hard for you to to kind of ex- accept that and not take it with a grain of salt yeah it is if it's in fact it's it's tough because i'm such an i'm such a likable person i'm such an outgoing guy like i i love people i love to see people smile and i'm very giving but um you know as of as i get deeper and as i reach you know again uh, different accolades i meet you know new energies that are even more confusing so now i have a wall up because not only not only have i lost the people i love in my life to violence but now i'm dealing with a new demon uh, a new battle and that's people who pretend like they care for for a transactional experience with me um with the expectations of i'm either going to improve their life um, or further their career in some way, uh, shape or form. And do you, th- do you find yourself w- with folks around that? Cause I, I can see how somebody sees the success that you're achieving. And if they think that they can, if they think they can get a piece of it, they will find a reason to feel entitled to it. Yes. Do you do you find like just because like hey you picked me up from the airport now I got to give you two points on my album what the hell's going on here <laughs> you know <laughs> like, it's the scariest thing right now for me is not to accept any favors from anybody um I had, I had a person recently uh, that like sent me a book I've had this happen a lot as a recently as I've continued to have more success in entertainment and those like shoot me a list of all the things that they did for me whenever oh, man. whenever I don't respond in a timely fashion or I don't do something that they want me to do. They'll have like a bullet point of things that they've done for me. This shit hurts me. I'm like, whoa, you're not you're not my friend at all. And all right, cool. Back to the streets. So then I go back to um, you know, you got the professional Mario Cannon, the businessman. Then you got the street smart dude, right? So now I got to play the game. So now I got to play this game with people and understand that at any given moment, you're going to show me your true colors and your teeth are going to show. So I got to make sure that I'm on my game and I don't expose too much of myself to people. Or I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not vulnerable emotionally to people anymore on that level. And that must be tough. And I think in a way, more power to you for being able to develop that skill of being able to spot that, but then also like build up your defenses in order to deal with it. Now, uh, you mentioned like you built a brick, 
a brick wall. I'm wondering, did you, do you feel like you kind of built that wall on your own or did you have to go and find help and develop some sort of way to determine who has my best interests in mind and who doesn't? Both. Right. So I I, do my uh, trials and tribulations. I lost a lot of money, Ellie. You know what I'm saying? I lost a lot of money (laughs) helping people. I lost a lot of money believing in people. I lost a lot of time, a lot of friendships. So those losses you don't get to see. You know, I lost six figures last year, man, um, in investments and just helping people. But none of the people, you know, that I thought were my, none of those people are going to be there. You know, they're not going to save me, right? I just, you know, what's crazy? We're talking, we're talking about this. I just, I just performed. I just did a song about this called uh, "Bulletproof Hearts." about this topic i'm actually going to be dropping that here soon i'm gonna shoot a video oh sweet hell it's, yeah it's, okay it's, it's it's even deeper than rich and pain unfortunately some of the best music comes from these dire shitty situations Come from darkness man it, and I, I think you alluded to it earlier where like, you know, when you were growing up, you had a different kind of darkness. Um, one based on where just your area, you didn't really have any, any say, right. It kind of just came to you, you, or you were put in it. Um, this, most people don't have the opportunity to get anywhere close to this where they can relate to the kind of trials and tribulations you're going through are have you found now that those artists that have become your peers you can connect to them on a a level because they can relate to the similar kind of thing oh yeah definitely i get it and um i you know how people used to get upset or like celebrities blowing me off or they don't respond to my message or they're too good. No, these people are freaking busy. They do not. They got a life, too. They got family. They got kids. They got love lives. They got a wife. They got girlfriends. They got everything. Uh, husbands, kids. These these people are busy. These people got schedules they have to attend to. There's a lot of people that depend on that one person. That one person has a bodyguard, an assistant, a manager. All these people will make a living off them. And they have to make sure they're on point. So they don't have time to be talking, um, speaking about hearsay or, or, or sideline talk. We, we got Are we doing business together or what? I, I'm, I got a mission to accomplish, especially I'm at a part of my, point in my career right now where I can't, I've got to go all the way in. Oh, I will yeah. have the leisure time that an artist has solidified in the game may have over me. Because right now, everything counts for me. Because it's either going to make me or break me. You know what I mean? Like That's where I'm at, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that that's a really great point because it's almost like to the general psyche of like hip-hop fans in particular, like Ludacris is kind of Ludacris. He's, if he puts out another album or another movie, in our minds, he's still Luda. We kind of, he is who he is to us. Um, but you are still kind of forming your print and that psyche. Yeah. And I'm wondering when, you know, you've talked to Twista, you've talked to Ludacris and, you know, the game and E40. What are some of like, what are some of the things that they might say are the biggest differences between coming up in 2004 
to now? There's so many more. It's, 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 so, it's, it's easier and harder at the same time. It's easier to, cre- to create the templates you need and appear like you're something, but it's harder to mm. actually break into the industry, right? So it's easier to pretend now because there's more access to things that make you look good and things that can, you know, appear to be working for you, right? But then it's harder to be in the industry because it, it's so monopolized by the bigger machines, like the labels control, right? So a lot of people think they're doing something, they got hedgeways, but this, this, the, the record labels own all the stream, they own all that yeah. stuff. So they control that. So that their artists are always going to beat you. You're never going to fully beat them. Yeah. You got to, you got to join a machine. You don't join a machine. You're not going to, you're not. So you got to be, you got to, you got to be good with being successful in your own right. Success has to be defined by what you consider success. Like you're making money doing what you love to do. You already won. You won in life. You I mean, not, you just won in general as far as just being, um, having a foot in society and, and, and being somebody that contributes to the ongoing cycle of life and, and helping yeah. the overall general of, uh, people, right? You won. Yeah. So don't, don't, I would say like, don't let anybody or any machine trick you out of the spot that you already have. It's just because you don't, this you don't have ten million dollars. A million dollars is just as good. Just because you, you don't have a Bentley. Yeah. You know, hey, a Mercedes is just as good. You know, yep. you know, well, it's, this stuff is, it's, it, man, man. If if people could just understand how much this stuff doesn't matter, um, it'd be funner. I, I think you're. A hundred percent right, because I I think an ingredient that gets left out of so many people's equation of like of or their recipe of like what they think success is. I'm gonna get on my Gary V vibe here, but like happiness is often an ingredient that is left out of the equation because they think that the recipe will equal happiness oh the bentley oh 10 million in the bank account instead of two. Oh, the the five five thousand square foot house instead of the three thousand and it's like if you're always chasing something it's hard to define what that success is and if you if you can't attain it will you ever be happy <laughs> and it's like this crazy game that we all play where i think a lot of people have a hard time being like you know what this is okay if i can maintain this i'll be good but america the capitalism it's always like well we got to be five percent better every year and if not then i fucked up and it's like well Real. what is the level where if, if i make okay i'm making a making a million dollars a year and i'm pretty good like why not just stay here <laughs> well this is crazy because I, I definitely my next release I want to just release it with you guys. I think this this is gonna segue this. So this um and this is ra- this is a random podcast, right? We we kind of just put this together, but it's this is how organic this is, Elliot. Check this out. The song I did yesterday. This this any one of these clips of us talking could be the intro to it because it's so powerful to what I'm what I'm speaking on. Um, just being happy and. I can I can honestly tell you, at one of my peaks in the fat plat past year or so, I never been so miserable in my life with people. I was happy that I was finally doing something that I love to do on a bigger grand scheme, but I felt terrible inside, man, because you know people that I love 
started to hate me. And um, like people thought that I had just signed a big deal because Swissa took me on tour. So like I was getting messages about money, then I was getting death threats. I was getting death threats from people, family, random, like, because I wouldn't help. Because, you know, I didn't have what they thought I had to give. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think I think a lot of people, they see, oh, he's on Empire. He's on TV. He must have $10 million. Or they don't quite get it. And I think even if, okay, they say, wow, he's on tour. He made it. They don't see the amount of money that might have gone into producing the album that you performed on tour. Or they don't know that you might have had to pay to get to every show and to buy your own meals. And to if you have your friends with you to sell merch or to be a bodyguard or something. You're paying, like you're paying. They, they don't, I don't think they get it. I I'm think they, I, I think it's easy for Joe Schmo who, who doesn't understand that Spotify doesn't pay artists jack shit or that like an opening gig, although great for your career, might not have paid a ton. You might have to pay to do it. You may have to pay to do it. Like remember, I think, remember you told me what to do. What'd you tell me to do? You remember you told no. me to do a song. You told me, Whoever I did my feature with, when I was about doing a song with Twister, I asked you guys, you said, if you can do, you can do a song with Twister, see if you can do some shows with him. See if you can be, you know, build a relationship with him, maybe pay to do some shows with him. I did exactly what you guys told me to do. And the shit blew, the shit blew me up. Because after, yeah. I, after I paid to do shows with him, he just took me along with him because he loved me so much. He, Twister genuinely liked me. You know, when you pay for a feature, I, yes, I paid for a feature, but after that, there was no more features. Now I'm getting the shit done for free. Now he wants to bring me along because I add I add value to his set. I bring value to being being around him. I don't I dress nice. I have real jewelry. Um, I'm respectable. I'm on time. I have security. My manager's there. Um, the music is great. You know I have fans. I, I bring them to a younger crowd. You you know all that. So. Yep. It's buttoned but it, up. I did, but I did what you guys told me to do. Just don't do a feature. Just be doing a feature to say, I did a feature. I got a song with so-and-so. No, you yep. need to do a song with somebody you can build with. Yep. Well, that's awesome. I uh, That does sound like something we would say. That's and something you guys said. That's awesome. That's great to hear. I'm glad uh, we had a part of a helping helping that out because that's really cool. I yeah, think. you guys did, man. Yeah. I took the, I even read I, like your, your classes and like, when you guys uh, post informationals and videos, I always watch them and I and I always take notes. To this day, oh, yeah. that's why I want to roll great. out my release with you guys. I, I want to plan a release just with you, just about this. Yep. I already did the song. <laughs> right, it's already done. Yeah. Oh well, you know we'd be down to help, and I mean, since you're doing this with me, I'll do it for free. <laughs> and, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> yeah. Y'all um, heard that. <laughs> yeah, right, it's in here. It's This is a verbal contract right here. Um, but, I mean, I think that is, that is advice I've given to many folks, where, like, yes, it's great to, if you had just had a song with Twista, and that was it, hey, Barty, but here's my audio file, thanks for the five grand, see you later. That's yes, that's an it's a nice benefit for you to have on your album or something, but it's now still something that you need to pay to promote and get out there. If you could have, and it sounds like you did, say art other artist with another feature, if you could have paid seven thousand and gotten him to do five or six Instagram videos together, maybe you do an interview like this together 
and you can come out and say, hey, I live in Atlanta. When you're here, I, I want to open with you. I'll build that into the feature. Like now, all of a sudden, it's not just an audio file and an email, and this person doesn't really know you. Now they're actually doing business with you. They're conversing. They're starting to see this guy has his shit together. Oh, okay. Hey, you said you could do Atlanta. We're doing you know, Charleston next. Are you free then too? And now all of a sudden it's exactly because this guy's on time. He's not a dick. He knows what's going on. Like, oh, maybe we can do something here because I've been looking for an opener. Like, exactly. I'm really glad that worked out because... A lot of this, the, the, the music marketing help can be kind of theoretical. You know, oh, if Twista asks you to do a collab, here's how you do it. But like, you know, 99.9% of people aren't, aren't ever going to get that opportunity. Never. But it's still good to know what to do. And there's a perfect example of like, look, this is how it works. It might not be a linear line, but you got to go up like this and you got to work with people. You got to network. You got to bring shit to the table. And I think too many musicians think that, well, what I'm bringing to the table is good music. Nobody cares. Great. That's the bare minimum. Okay. So now what? You know, and unless you can rap like Kendrick Lamar and you're the top, you're the, people go, whoa, unless you go, unless you got that kind of talent, you have to play the game. And if you don't play the game, you will never win. And look at the attention span of people. It's shorter and shorter. That's why TikTok is so successful. So now people really don't care how good you rap a lot of the times. Um, they're looking for shock value. So mm -hmm. looking, they, they want you to entice their, their, their emotion, right? They want you to entice and stimulate them. They want to be stimulated, whether we like it or not. And I, people love engaging with stuff they do not like. Yeah. Right. You suck. <laughs> Go back to wherever you're from. People like so and that's part of like why the algorithm like because TikTok and Instagram and Spotify, for that matter, are indifferent to if they think your content is any good. But if Instagram is like, man, a lot of people are engaging with this post, let's get more people to check it out. Whether it's good or bad, that's why some of this stuff that's like really polarizing where some people go, you know, Donald Trump's a moron and no, Joe Biden's a moron. Like that shit, people engage with it because they're either saying, yeah, I'm right or no, you're an idiot. And it, if you're in the middle and you're just kind of, yeah, this is a solid song and it doesn't, it's about, you know, whatever. It doesn't get that like extreme reaction. No shock by you. <laughs> And I think you're right. The attention span is so short that the days, like when I discovered Kid Cudi, he had, you know, the Kid Named Cudi mixtape. It was, yeah, of course, Day and Night was on there. But the fact that the whole mixtape was awesome made me a fan. And then like even J. Cole, he had uh, the warm up and what was the other one? Like, but those two mixtapes. Uh, all those artists, like they got popular, at least in my head, or, or really resonated with me because I liked the album. But the days of like finding a new artist I've never really heard of and checking out their whole album. Not happening. Not happening. Not going, and the, first of all, the machine won't let you. The machine's going to keep pushing the same artist in your face, man. Because mm -hmm. financially, that's going to that's gonna help them win, right? And there's a lot of different entities tied to that. So they, you have to deal with what they're putting out. I mean, they want to force, they try to force you to. But I listen to a lot of different music, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, have you found that as you get older, you like the stuff you listen to changes, or is it more like 
the stuff you listen to is the same stuff you listened to eight years ago. And as you just listen to it again and again, because that's what I found myself doing. <laughs> I'm wondering what it's like for you. I'm a, as an artist, I'm always listening to new stuff, right? I love new sounds, but I listen to the same stuff that's re so like I'll listen to the same similar 80 cent dance music that is remade by maybe a new artist that's making 80 cent wave type music. Um, Got it. So I, you know, even like when, when Tory Lanez made the album, uh, the, the, the alone at prom album, right? That whole album was 80s driven. That's my favorite type of music to listen to is, is, is sunset down the street, driving down the street, Miami music. Cause it makes you feel good. Yeah. When I was in, yeah. when I was in the hood, man, when I was in the street, you know, when I was doing my thing in the street, you know, I, I ride around and, and I'm in a gutter. I'm listening to Cindy Lauper. I'm listening to Taylor Dane. <laughs> like I'm in the street listening to this stuff, man. I'm, I'm, I can't, uh-huh. I can't make this up, man. And um, it, I always knew I was different, you know, musically inclined, and and I love, I love feeling good. So at least that music made me feel like I was in California. It made me feel like I was. In Florida, it made me feel like I was somewhere where it was beautiful. Even though I'm surrounded by poverty and I was su- surrounded by pain and crime, that song made me feel like I was in the Scarface movie when he yeah. got the new car. You know, so that's why I would listen to them, the disco 80s, the, the bounce around, the technotronics, the Rick James. Sure. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, uh huh. So that's why I <laughs> Give sam- it to me, baby. <laughs> I sample a lot of that stuff, right? I even like yeah. like the Stevie B's, the Madonna's, Ace of Base. Um, sure. All that stuff, man. I listen to a lot of different things like that. Well, I think that's a good thing. It's it's so easy to get pigeonholed into like one small neighborhood of the city of music. Yeah. And you can take things of like, well, hey, like I like how the Beatles structured these songs. I bet I can structure one like that. Yeah. I can make it my own. And like music has been taking from one another like from itself since the beginning. Like, you know, so like you have you you can get things of what worked for in excess in 1988 with like the way they uh broke down the drum beat or something. You could apply that to a drill beat now. And it might sound totally different, but you got the idea from going, hey, Phil Collins did this. It was dope. Like, let's put it in this I got song. Drill, I got drill Phil Collins music that I recorded. I recorded that. Drill three Collins. Years. Yeah. I'm going a, I'm to a change the drill Collins. Three, it's, three years old. it's three years old, though. Got it. It's three years old. I've already recorded it. Yeah. That's awesome. You, If you make a Drill Collins mixtape, um, I, I would like to I would like to be there. Well, well what I'm what I'm releasing right now, I'm releasing t- you know two back to back projects. Um, so I have a like I have a label meeting tomorrow, man. It's one of my first major label meetings. Um, and I, like I said, I've been doing music for over twenty years, man. So I haven't. You know how many times people tell me to give up? You know, <laughs> and it's crazy. Right. I'm just now talking to a label, and I've been doing this forever. And I'm like, man, you too, you old, you're thirties now. You got to quit. Um, you, you know, raise a family. I like, you guys even know how old these artists really are that are in the game? Like, I have, I have people <laughs> in the industry that I know for a fact their ages are fake, but I can't expose that information. <laughs> but uh-huh, I, you got to play the game. I got to play the game. So, you, you know, uh-huh. but I tell people, man, this is a, a marathon. You got to keep working. At the, at the, you got to just keep going. You got to put everything into it. You can't. And you're, you know, your biggest dream killers are or is your peers and your the people you love they will tell you to quit 
they would tell you, man, you need to be more responsible. And being an artist, mm-hmm. being a rapper is irresponsible because you spend a lot of money on things that you're not guaranteed to get a return on. Yep. No. I think that is true. I, I I think one of the harsh realities that I've had to, or that I think I've learned as, as an adult is people want to see you be successful, but not more successful than them. Yeah. And as soon as you're all of a sudden, what, who do you think you are, nephew? Like, you oh, think you're man. a hot shot because you make money now? Like, yeah. a lot of that. And like, I'm sure it's different. You and I grew up in very different. I grew up in small town, New Hampshire, in the middle of fucking nowhere, like yeah. in the woods. So like, I, I'm, I assume our childhoods were very different. <laughs> but I think a lot of the thing of just people in general, especially when someone is younger than them, doing like, because at some point, a lot of people have this, man, I fucked up moment. Or if I went all in, what would I have been? I don't think you're going to have that because you're going all in. I don't care. But man. I think, like, if someone, it's almost like if I saw some 25 year old with a Ferrari or something and just like he made it, a part of me is like that little fucker. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, I, I think that's natural, but it sucks that because as you get, you climb that ladder, there's less people who are at the same level as you, and there's more people who, resent that you're up there either because they think they should be up there or they don't understand how you got there they think you're lucky they they come out with every sort of excuse other than he worked really hard and he's super talented and he earns it they'll take you know? they'll do anything to discredit you that that's the, anything anything to discredit your growth um instead of just you know what to do work fucking hard man it worked hard well they don't see the hard work what's that like there's some sort of like scotty pippen quote or something where it's like if you want to if if i got to perform in this one minute in front of thousands then i need to perform in front of no one for a thousand like for thousands of minutes to make sure i'm ready to even have the stage is something like that yeah but people don't see the hard work they don't see you in the gym they don't see you sitting there in that room writing 20 songs to find the three that you want to go to the studio with like they just kind of they don't even care they don't uh, you don't see the $10,000 I wasted recording these songs. I'm only going to use one of them. <laughs> right. They don't get that. And you know how many videos like I got? I can't drop. That sucks. Because they're dated or um, legal issues or three. I mean, they might be too incriminated. You, I just, I can't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, yeah. I, well, that's a thing now. I, I've shot great videos. I got great visuals, but I can't even drop them. How many people would cringe after spending thousands of dollars on something that you can't use? Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Could you like blur your faces out and <laughs> be like, "Ooh, somebody made a video of my song. I wonder who." <laughs> you know, it's just, it, you know, it's man, it's it, there's no right or wrong way to get in the industry because you're in the industry. I feel like the moment you you put material out on the web but it's up to you to follow through right and to accept being in the industry and accept what it comes with that and a lot of a lot of sacrifice and there's going to be a lot there's a lot on the internet especially on instagram there's a lot of scams a lot of people getting scammed oh. um boost your profile uh, take you to the next level get get your distribution deal there's a lot of scams out there 
But there's one scam that there's one thing that won't work with somebody that's hardworking. It's just being genuine and putting in work. They can't scam you out of your art. So if you know your art is something that nobody can ever take from you, they can steal, mm-hmm. but you still that art is still in you. You still can create, and that's why I still do it. And and, and that's why I'm still in the game and not. Because I definitely wasn't making a bunch of money doing music, but music allowed me to do business. Music opened the doors for me to do business, to make money outside of music. That is what you just said is something where I find myself starting to think about a lot is how just me messing around with music got me to a spot where now I'm doing business with folks like I met this really great business guy here in Charlotte who like he has a he's an older guy side hustle like makes some rock music but because I started working with him there now all of a sudden I'm involved with some other things that have nothing to do with music but we met because of music and I've done ever since I I, I used to make music I was nothing special but if I had just stayed in like making music for myself you and I probably would have never met I probably never would have you know had a conversation with Wendy Day or like Royce the five nine for a minute, but because I kind of switched and now I was like, let me find, how can I give value to folks in music rather than just ask for attention? And once I started giving value, I've met you, I've met some people. And because I've done these things in music, I've been able to sidestep into these things that I never would have been involved in as just some guy or, you know, another you know, like getting in here has opened the door for me in so many different ways that it, it's really in- incredible. So get in the music industry because it teaches you how to market. It teaches you project management of working with a producer, mixing it, getting a song done, figuring out how to get it on Spotify. Like it's not necessarily easy. Um, so it gives you a lot of skills that are very applicable to other areas. No, definitely. And like, again, music has allowed me to do business. It's allowed me to, oh, you rap? Oh, yeah, I got this company. Oh, what do you do over there? Cool. And then all of a sudden, you're involved with another uh, a company because you did a song with Twist or you, or you do music and they, and they like your music. They like you as a person. Now they want to work with you and this other entity that's going to bring you revenue, which you're not getting revenue directly from the music, but the music got you into the door to get, to get revenue from that particular business. That's what music yep. has done for me. That's why I was able yep. to, you know, not, that's how I, able, I own my own gym, you know, like in, in our own commercial real estate. I'm in my own building right now, you know, like this is, but all, I got this indirectly from music. Even awesome. though it didn't come directly from music. Yep. You know? well, that aligns something I say all the time is you use, you don't monetize your music. You use your music to build an audience and monetize the audience. And like, Maybe not for everybody. Of course, you can make some money on streams, but the real money, buying a building, the streamings, the streaming royalties don't buy you the building. No. But meeting someone because of putting yourself out there and your marketing successfully and however you ended up in that situation indirectly gets you the building. You monetize the audience, not the music. Yeah, that and that's what's been working for me, man. And that's why it's, it's it feels so good that, and, and to finally start to reach a level, like even now, um, I've been, this is my, one of my biggest years getting booked for shows. I'm, you know, I'm getting booked with Twister. Now I'm not, 
now I'm performing with them. So now they're booking. Now I'm getting booked with this guy. So I went, I went from paying to open the paying him <laughs> to now charging a fee to be with him. Love it. You earned it. That is and a, that's how it goes. That is a, and, and that happened within what? Two years, two, two years, two to three years of this working. And still working the same in the same damn song. I didn't even make a new song yet. I got new songs with them. I'm ready to record now. But the same that one song and that one relationship took me across the country. Now I know promoters everywhere. I know celebrities. Have their, they, they text me. I text them back. Like you know, I'm I'm in the I'm in the car now. And um, but now I'm getting booked at a rate that a lot of artists that who have who's had major label deals, I'm getting paid more than them. And so that goes to show you, you don't gotta have. Uh, uh, so a major label deal or anything to be successful in your own right, you just gotta fucking stay the course. Put the work in. Yeah. Put the work in. I'm wondering what has changed in your mind now. Okay, was this that? Have you not had a big label meeting by partly by choice, and now you're at a point where like, okay, hey, I've got the ten. The 10x that they want to turn into 100, I've I've finally got the 10. Like, is this, are you in this position because you chose to now look out for a deal like this? Or was it you've finally broke through this the floor and now they see you and now they're ready for you? Both. Both? Both. Um, again, the music has allowed me to do business. I had a mutual business connect and um, mm. they had a label they were um, dealing with getting them some you know making sure the label had funding and things like that and they they took a liking to me they're like whoa this guy's incredible he ain't got a deal yet so then you know i had a couple meetings but um it was both they're like because you know it was expensive being an independent artist yeah I mean, you you spend you spend a lot of money you know if i, if I wasn't an independent artist i'd probably be on the jet somewhere i don't know but then again, I might not because then I wouldn't have the opportunities I have now. Wouldn't be talking to you, right? Right. You know. Yeah, wouldn't be talking to this ginger guy. No. <laughs> and, I, and I love ginger guys, man. You know, shout out to South Park, man. You know, South Park really gave me a you know a good understanding of the ginger culture and stuff. So. That's right. I'm I'm like one foot in, one foot out. I don't have the freckles, but I've got the red hair for sure. I got the red beard. In fact, my red beard is turning white. Wow. So maybe that'll be good for me. I won't be a ginger. I'll just look like Santa Claus. Yo, I got a homie name. I got a homie named Redbeard, man. <laughs> and he's a ginger and I always I'm so mean to him, man. He's such a cool dude though. Funny, man. Yeah, we're we're used to it. We're usually the butt of the joke. That's so that's for sure. You guys are, unfortunately, but you guys are awesome. So yeah. Well, I appreciate cool. it, man. You you are awesome. You've got an awesome career. Um I told you the last thing I would want to plug is the song Shooting Stars, because that's got one of my favorite albums of all time is the documentary. I think it's one of the most underrated hip-hop albums of all time. Yeah, I'm wondering how you linked up with the game, and was that something where, hey, he was like a friend of a friend, we linked it up, or was like, hey, I went to L.A., we got together, no. and we sat there, and we made the song. Yo, I'll be honest with you, man. I was dealing with... Uh, uh, a marketing guy on Instagram who was helping me uh, build my portfolio like this for Instagram. And um, he's like, Hey man, I got the song with the game. You want to, you want to get on it? And I was like, 
Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I heard the song and I was like, man, I don't want to do no verse, man. Was, I'll do the chorus. The chorus, the, the chorus was so dry. I said, let me do the chorus. So what I was, so I'm, in my, my mind, I'm like, make sure I say my name in the chorus and, you know, this make the chorus a little bit personable, but still keep it lit. So sure. when I said the chorus over there, it was like, this is fire. So we did the song and it, it never dropped. Nothing never happened. I just got the game file. All of a sudden, I look up the other day, and it's on the game's page. Ah! So then my monthly listener... out of nowhere. Then my monthly listeners shoot up. Right? So now I'm getting all this traction, organic traction from the game. Yep. And then that's when the label sees the monthly listeners. And that's when the label comes. Because you, know you know how it is. If you got over 100,000 monthly listeners, the labels are like... <laughs> right? They're yeah. coming. Oh, we can make some money here. Let's make yeah. some money off this guy. So once that happened... Um, that's when I got the label, and but that that song with the game was wasn't had nothing to do with me. In fact, I had talked to the game via internet, and I was actually going to do a separate feature myself with him and fly out there. But I was so busy working with the Twister thing, I just you know I didn't get back to it because Twister had me in every freaking city you could imagine. Now in Atlanta, I mean, yeah. I, I was on a Lovers and Friends tour a show like with Lauren Hill and Snoop Dogg and all those. Guys. Like I was, I was sweet. I performed in Vegas. I went to Vegas as a rapper this time, not as a tourist. You know, it was it was crazy. So, <laughs> the other side of Vegas. Well, I got to see the other side of Vegas, man. It was <laughs> it was way different because I don't know, man. I remember going to Vegas with like three hundred dollars in my pocket, man, just trying to stretch it out. You know, when I was back in the day, and I was still rapping, but I just had no money like that because I just had no money. And um, I was going this time was different. Like I'm, you know, riding, you know, with all the artists and with Maya and uh, Drew Hill and I'm in the trailers, you know, I'm riding in the golf cart. It's so, it was, <laughs> man, it was just, I don't even know how to explain it, man. It was actually, you know what? We did an interview together when I was in Vegas. I was, did we really? Yeah. Um, you guys, we, I did, I did a, a video for you. Um, I was wearing a Red Bulls jersey. And um, oh yeah, and I was in a trailer. Now that was a tra I was in a trailer. That was my trailer, and with Twista. And so when Twista has a trailer, it's like, oh, Mario Cannon is going to be with Twista. They already expect to see me. It's weird because when he goes places, people expect to see me now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys go together. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, that is. Uh... So wait, wait, wait. So in Vegas, was Snoop Dogg there? Snoop Dogg, Lauren Hill. Because. Uh... I, I'm just dying to know what a night in Vegas with Snoop Dogg is like. I didn't, you know what? <laughs> I didn't kick him that night because me and Twister had another show to go do. Ah. So we had to go do an after set. And that was. Oh, that must have been pretty cool. Dude, that was lit. Yeah. So we leave there, go back to the room, get ready for the after set. Boom. We go right to the after set. Kill it. It was so dope, man. So dope. Damn. Vegas is the place to have an after set. <laughs> oh, there was an after set for the after set. That's for sure, man. It was lit, man. I was excited, man. For real. Damn. Well, I, I have actually not been to Vegas yet. I keep hearing Yo, it's a blast. You serious? I haven't been, dude. I know. I know. Come on, E Money, I'm... man. You're supposed to be in Vegas, man. <laughs> I should go. I'll meet you out there next time and we can do the after after show. Bro. Where uh I'll get up there and make the ginger song. I'm in Vegas all the time. <laughs> Okay. All the time now. So Vegas is like a, it's it's not too far from um, AZ. You know, it's like 
It's right there. So a lot of my friends go back and forth to Vegas. So I'm sometimes I'm in, I'm included on those trips. Got it. Sometimes okay. I just got a little. Uh... Got to go to Vegas. I was on a Bradley show out there. I saw that. Yeah. I, I was wondering how that happened because I was like, because I was fo- I I follow him and one day I see a video you know i'm kind of mindlessly and i see a video and it's you talking i'm like oh mario and I, like i click it and it's brad's page and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like such a surprise where i was like wait what a what a weird moment where like this oh yeah there's a guy i used to work with and there he is on the show that i like to watch like it was kind of like this like it happened so organically that i was like su- so surprised yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that must have been pretty cool huh at least fucking the man dude gave me a cell phone and he loved my song stevie J. Uh, he actually likes my music, so it's pretty cool. That's he seems like a fun guy to have a couple of drinks with, especially in Vegas. Yeah, he just talks his <laughs> shit, man. He's intense, man. That Bradley, uh-huh. that, that dude, he's he's a mother humper to keep up with, man. Imagine trying to keep up with Bradley. That, that is, yeah, that, that's a that's a feat in itself, man. He's a he's a machine. Seriously, yeah, he's a machine. Damn. Well, shout out to Brad. Shout out to Bradley. Thank man. you. Bradley and uh shout out to you I really appreciate your time I think a lot of what you've had to say I think is really going to resonate with some younger artists who are aspiring to get in the spots that you're in um key takeaway I thought was being so clairvoyant of how powerful networking is instead of just being like oh no it's all my talent what are you talking about do the shows man work with people do the shows, do the small shows, do them all. Don't, 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 oh, man. That what I see now with artists is they act like they made it before they ever made it, and so, um, they get managers. You don't even need managers yet. You don't need a manager. You, yeah, you have nothing to manage. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a question artists ask me all the time. Is well, where do I get a manager? Like. I need a I need a manager. You'll, like, you'll know sure. you need a manager. manager you'll know. He doesn't pay for your studio time. A manager doesn't pay for your studio time or anything. A manager simply manages the things you have come, incoming. So if you have people yeah. wanting to book you, well, that's when you need a manager. Until people are reaching yep. out to pay you for your services, you need to be doing shit for free yep. and paying to do it. I've, and where are you going to meet good managers? At venues. So open for the guy who's there and who's getting paid. And then, wow, the manager might like what you're doing. Before he, And that manager got this guy a gig. He could probably get you one. One of my biggest moments in Chicago when I was, um, what, what catapulted me to open for the Fat Joes and the 50 Cent was I performed at a, a strip club. At a, It was a strip club. I paid 150 bucks to perform with uh, like 50 other artists. And the owner, <laughs> I took my shirt off and was performing, and the owner of the strip club came out of our booth and said, I want that guy. He's amazing. He is music, <laughs> his, music, his music is amazing. He sounds different. He looks good, and he's, and he's professional, and he's iced the fuck out. Who is that? Yep. And I, it was yep. 50 other artists there, but I paid to be on that stage still. And, I, and yep. that's how I started getting traction, and they were booking me. And after that, they started booking me all the time at that club. I was getting booked all the time, all because I spent 150 bucks. Man, you showed up, and there was nobody. Percent of the work is showing up. Yeah, there was nobody there. Nobody there. There was nobody there to open up for. <laughs> there was no big act. It was a bunch of just artists, and I. Yep. It was a showcase, and you know, 
typically showcases are big money grabs, but but then they are. I get it. But guess what? You there there's other artists you can network with. There's other people you can network with. You never know who's freaking there. Yep. You never know. I 100% agree. Yo, next time if if you're in Charlotte, I'll help you put together a show here, and uh, we can get some folks checking you Let's out. Let's do this. Um, you know, I'm gonna plan this release with you, uh, man. Okay. Bulletproof horses. I'm gonna send you the song. We get all this. I'm really proud of it. It's fucking fire. Um, different type of beat too. You, you, nobody, you've never heard anybody rap to no beat like this. It's a fuck. It's a drill beat, but it's not a regular drill beat, and it's not a New Jersey drill beat. It's a totally. I've been working with this young producer. They're fire, but um. No, let's do that. I'm going to get you on a line. My manager, I know we got some context out that way too. We can all just put our heads together and do a dope show out there and, and get the, get artists there a chance to be seen. Yep, would love that. This, this, I was at just talking to two artists I know in town about that this weekend. I would love to so, come there and headline some shit and, 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 and spark some, create some energy to get these artists in that area working together. Because we got to spread more love, man. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this shit uh, of... of, of us putting each other down all the time, man. Let's uplift. Man, music is supposed to be fun. We're supposed to celebrate, you know, not not yep. be so, uh, have so much negative energy towards each other, man. How are we supposed to help each other move forward if we're always pulling from each other? Keep yeah. pushing each other forward, man. I got I you, agree. bro. You got me. Yeah. Let's go. I got, let's send me that song. I'm really excited to hear it. And let's talk some more about putting this show together and, Thank you again for coming by and uh, doing this thing here with me. I really appreciate it. And I think everyone who doesn't know Mario should go check out his music. It's fire. And there's a lot of range. And yeah. there's not a lot of range in hip-hop these days. So, And he's got some. So go check it out. And e, I don't forget where I come from, man. You know that, man. So you hit me up. I'm not Hollywood. But when I had 5,000 followers to now when you talk to me, I'm still right here in the inbox phone number all of that we still locked in bro you know we're still locked yeah. in it doesn't change man i really appreciate it and it's been so cool watching you grow over the last almost three years ago we we started you started with like a little a trial campaign and uh, it grew and grew and grew and now here you are not for no very little did i have i had very little to do with it <laughs> but it's just been great watching it grow and i again really appreciate you coming by well, here so you, thanks again you drop some key key gems man and i use them and i'm i'm always uh listen to what you have to say man you you very you're a very 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 knowledgeable person and it's hard to find that on instagram and tiktok real organic push from companies so Yep. Thanks. Well, that's, that's what we're going for. We don't want to be the guy saying how, uh, get 10 million streams on Tuesday with this one simple trick. Like, fuck all that. Awesome. <laughs> Fucking cat, man. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, Mario. Well, I'll talk to you real soon. Thanks again. All right, E. Much love, man. Take care, right, man. Peace out. Well, all right. Thank you for joining my conversation with Mario Cannon. If you want to check out his music, be sure to check it out on Spotify. Or if you want to watch and stream Empire, you can watch that on Hulu, Apple TV, or Prime Video. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Cutting Through Podcast, please rate the show. It really helps us uh, get seen by other folks on the streaming platforms. And if you want to hear some more about how to cut through the entertainment business or just general poor advice online, then subscribe to the show. 
and be sure to check out our next episode. My name is Elliot Towsley. Thank you for joining the Cutting Through podcast. I hope to see you here again sometime soon.